0: Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcasts as well as many other audio offerings. Attorney to former Yukos CEO Mikhail Khodorkovsky, Robert Amsterdam, addressed the Cato Institute on Monday on the topic of Russian energy policy and the new Russian state. He described how the treatment of private energy companies in Russia is part of a broader pattern of political centralization and a more aggressive, energy-driven foreign policy. Robert is our guest in today's podcast. You spoke a lot about an attack on the rule of law in Russia. Could you elaborate on that?
1: Essentially, and and beginning even before the attack on Khodorkovsky, the Russian authorities have mounted a full-blown attack on any form of legal activity that related to what they viewed as strategic resources such as energy. And there has, in addition to this, been a closure and attacks on newspapers, changes to the law on federalism. There have been really wholesale and dramatic amendments to the Constitution, which have not been passed as such, but which have had an effect of consolidating what Mr. Putin calls the vertical of power. And uh, this has been done in the context of the massive expropriation of Yukos and the ongoing theft of other companies within Russia. It was just profiled actually on the weekend in an article by Peter Finn in the Washington Post. That and, of course, the following up of the attacks on Sakhalin and Covicto in terms of BP demonstrates the the use of law really as a cover, the use of environmental law and tax law as a cover for uh, the confiscatory policies of a junta more than a regime.
0: Perhaps as Mikhail Kharakovsky's attorney, you can tell me why you think the Yukos affair happened?
1: Well, it's, it's an extraordinary complex confluence of issues. We had a perfect storm. We had Europe with Schroeder, Chirac, and Berlusconi who between the three of them have a moral IQ below freezing. We had a tremendous rise in energy prices, which gave the Kremlin a feeling of incredible impunity. And we had the war in Iraq, which led the United States to being isolated and incapable of projecting the same principled issues on energy and international human rights that they had in the past.
0: It seems that Russian energy companies went ahead and did some of the exact same things of which Harakovsky stood accused, such as building certain controversial pipelines and selling parts of Rosneft to foreign investors. So why is Mikhail still in jail?
1: Because he is viewed by the Kremlin as an example. One of the important things to understand is no one in Russia believes he even had a trial. Everyone knows it was a show trial. Everyone understands it was a farce. The issue is just very simple. They wanted to steal his company in large measure, and by keeping him in jail, they continue to keep a lid on what they view as the possibility of alternative poles of power developing in the country.
0: Beyond Russia speaking internationally, how extensive is the Russian energy company's distortion of market forces?
1: Fairly massive. If you see what they're doing in Europe, you understand their close relations with E.ON of Germany and its attempt to take a massive position both in uh, Spain and Latin America. You look at Russia's relationship with Algeria, where they've signed an MOU, with Iran, where they're in close communication. It should not be underestimated.
0: You've mentioned a very close collaboration between Iran, Venezuela, and Russia. Is this correct?
1: Well, it's, it's actually uh, a fact. Iran and Russia and Venezuela are all working fairly closely together in respect to extraction of resources, and uh, Russia is a supplier with respect to Iran of nuclear technology and with respect to Venezuela of uh, $3 billion in armaments as well as a number of different energy projects.
0: Speaking more broadly, the murder of Anna Politkovskaya, the standoff of Georgia, the Saharan II deal that went sour, what are all these perhaps disparate events saying about Russia's general direction today?
1: That when you start destroying the rule of law domestically, it's viral and it continues. And the fact of the matter is that as long as Russia remains unopposed in terms of its global predatory conduct on energy... And as long as the U.S. and U.S. companies believe that they have no voice in this conduct, the world, as well as Mikhail Kurdakovsky, is held hostage.
0: But how do you get Western governments to stop kowtowing to the Kremlin's every whim when massive amounts of oil and money are involved?
1: Well, I actually disagree. I think, it's, as I've said before, if we see the decrease in oil production, as well as, I think, the horror show that will result with respect to Gazprom and energy upstream, it is actually in the Kremlin's interest. To move towards a more stable period of rule and control where foreign direct investment will again increase in the energy sector.
0: If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60 minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one of a kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.